First of all, thank you very much for the invitation to uh, join you for this uh, breakfast. Andrea has made it clear that to be on the staff of the commissioning board, you have to be an optimist, and you have also to be an optimist to be a member of the House of Commons with a long-standing interest in the National Health Service and health policy. So I, uh, the thing, one of the things I share with Andrea is a sense of optimism. I, th I thought I'd start this morning, first of all, by making it clear that when I was Secretary of State and now as Chair of the Select Committee, I always used to say then and still say now, I actually think commissioning is at the very heart. It is the core activity around which the rest of the health service needs to be shaped. The purpose of commissioning is to, uh, to apply a conditionality, if you like, to access to public funds, conditionality about value, conditionality about quality, in order to ensure that the way care is delivered reflects both the opportunities created by today's technologies and also, perhaps even more importantly, the demands of today's patients. So I'm an enthusiast for commissioning as a principle. That's why uh, it was the second report that the Health Select Committee did in this parliament was to look at where next for commissioning. So that's my point of departure. But then I wanted to move to an anecdote, because reflecting as I walked up here, I think it is almost precisely five years ago that I came to a breakfast at the King's Fund and heard Paul Corrigan standing probably not more than inches from this spot, then Tony Blair's health advisor in number 10, explaining how the government at that time had happened across this new idea of commissioning and explaining how important, effective, empowered, clinically-led commissioning was going to be, particularly involving a practice-based concept of commissioning to reshape the health service in order to ensure that it used today's technologies in order to meet the needs of today's patients. I think it was in the early days of Chris's time here as a director, and uh, Paul Corrigan explained the importance of commissioning, which I wholeheartedly agree with, and Chris asked me to be the first questioner, and I said that I'd heard Paul explain this policy with great clarity and great vision and confidence, optimism even, about where it was going to take the system in the future, and I said that I agreed with every single word of it as a Tory politician endorsing the Prime Minister's uh, special advisor at that time. My only sadness, I said, was that I'd first heard that speech made by Sir Donald Acheson in the summer of 1990, then 17 years ago, now 22 years ago, when I was first a health minister and the principal of what we then called purchaser provider, but we now call commissioner provider, was first introduced into the health service. So one of the points that Andrea made that I wholeheartedly agree with is that there's a very, very strong sense of continuity in the development of policy here, and we don't do ourselves any favours if we emphasise the discontinuities in a policy that is actually a logical development of policy that's gone on now for over 20 years. So that's my, for the, I think, a key point, actually, in understanding both where the threats and opportunities are in this, uh, in this field. The next point I want to make is that Given that we're talking about a policy where there is a very strong sense of continuity in its development, I find it disappointing when we come to discussion of commissioning and the discussion focuses to the extent that it so often does 
on the structures by which the process of commissioning is going to be carried out. In other words, a discussion of form rather than a discussion of function. So I want to begin with a discussion of what it is we're trying to do. What does success look like in terms of the result delivered by these commissioning processes, whether new or old? Because success won't be defined in terms of what the committee structure looks like, who sits on the commissioning groups, and how it all relates to the commissioning board. Success will be measured by the shape of the resulting health and care system that is actually delivered. And that's why I've already said that the second report we did in the Health Committee was on commissioning. But the first report we did in this Parliament from the Health Committee was on the implications for health and care delivery of the budgetary plans uh, that uh, were set out by the government very soon after the general election for the whole of this parliament and increasingly are now looking beyond the end of this parliament into the following parliament as well. What are the implications of very different financial outlook for the health and care system compared with the financial outlook that prevailed for the preceding 15 years. This is what, uh, in the Health Committee, we started referring to as the Nicholson Challenge. I know David Nicholson doesn't entirely thank us for doing that, but it's dramatised. The reason that we called it the Nicholson Challenge is to dramatise, first of all, the fact it was first articulated not by Andy Burnham or indeed by Andrew Lansley. It was articulated by David Nicholson 12 months before the last election, when looking forward, it was blindingly obvious that the resource outlook was fundamentally different from what it had been for the previous uh, 15 years. Uh, what was set out in David Nicholson's annual review, I was reading it again only yesterday, in May 2009, was the requirement to deliver a reshaped health and care system, a changed health and care system, to reflect different resource constraints but also different care needs and different technological opportunities. And so it's that fundamental change management challenge uh, that is the, that's what, the question facing the commissioning system is not whether all the accountabilities work. That's important. I wouldn't gloss over it. But the fundamental question is whether the commissioning system will deliver the change in the care delivery structure that's necessary if we're going to respond to that Nicholson challenge. The Nicholson challenge in the health community often called the 15 to 20 billion pound challenge. I prefer a different formulation of it to reflect the underlying economic reality, which is that demand for health and care in this and every other developed country rises by crudely 4% per annum through the history of the health service We've met that through a 3% increase in real resources and a 1% improvement in the efficiency with which resources are used. During the lifetime of this Parliament and increasingly clearly beyond this Parliament, the 4% increase in demand has now to be met not by 3% increase of resource and 1% efficiency gain, but 4% efficiency gain because the real resource, the commitment is that it will grow in real terms by a very modest amount. In the Treasury, they make that, that's understood to be naught point something. So let's forget the decimal points and call it flat real terms budget. The challenge is how we meet the demand for care growing by 4% per annum 
out of a flat real terms budget. That's to express it in economic terms, 4% efficiency gain, four years running, out of a system where the trend rate of growth of efficiency has been 1% per annum over 60 years. The maximum we've ever achieved in a single year is around 2%. And perhaps putting it in another context, the economy-wide trend rate of productivity growth in the UK is 2%, again, omitting the decimal points. So around the whole of the rest of the economy, we expect 2% efficiency gain. But in the health and care system, through this parliament and beyond, we're expecting efficiency gain to be delivered at twice the rate that the rest of the economy delivers. Now, that's a real challenge. And that's the test that the new commissioning system, new commissioning structures have to address if they're going to deliver success. I'd structure that as economic terms because that's what is going to, that's going to be real life for people, whether they're commissioners or providers in the system, today, tomorrow, through the rest of this parliament and beyond. But I also then want to move on from the economics to the questions of quality and the que look at it from the point of view of the patients and the people working in the service because there's a danger of a burning platform. So that's compelling us down a road for demands a change in the way care is delivered. But actually, if you think about it, if you stand back from it, there is a requirement for us, quite independently of these economic drivers, to be changing the way care is delivered more quickly than we have done in the recent past. When you look at it from the point of view of the changing demands of patients and the changing opportunities created by technology. Because in my view, we've inherited a set of structures in the health and care system. First of all, we've inherited the anomalous distinction between social care and health care that everybody in this room knows is a huge distortionary effect in the way resources are used to deliver care to patients. That's the one that's, off, that's always highlighted. But it isn't the only discontinuity in the system. Within the NHS itself, we have a distinction between community health and primary health. Now, I was, as I've already said, I was a health minister first 22 years ago. I remember asking in the Department of Health, could somebody please explain to me what is the difference between community health and primary health care? And the answer... The answer came there none over 22 years. The answer, of course, we all know is that it was a fix, that it, it's related to the history of the health service. It was a deal done by an Aaron Bev in 1948, over 60 years ago, and we're still living with it. Now, if we're going to use resources efficiently, if we're going to deliver joined-up care that focuses on the needs of patients, if we're going to reflect the fact that the demands of today's patients are different from the demands of patients 60 years ago, then the thing we need to do, it's a word that I've started using uh, since I went to a conference organized by the HSJ about a month ago. I picked it up there, and I think it's a good word. Reimagine. Reimagine the way care needs to be delivered to reflect the needs of today's patients, where they don't walk in receive a diagnosis, receive care, and walk out cured. The vast majority of the activity of today's system, as everybody knows, 
It's delivering care and support to people who sign on for the rest of their lives. Now, if that's our core activity, what the commissioners need to do is to reimagine the way care is delivered in order to use resources more efficiently and in order to deliver the quality aspirations we all have uh, for these services. That's what success looks like in commissioning. And um, if Andrea's structures can deliver that, then they've delivered something that really is unprecedented. Uh, we all know management change is all too precedented in the health service. The question is whether we can change care rather than changing management. And that's the question that we now need to address.